Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. noises of a paddock roaring into life because 2020 is here and it is time to fire up some race cars. Hello everyone, I'm Shay Adam with IMSA Radio and Radio Show Limited bringing you the traditional interview shows from the roar before the 24. We have 40 cars entered for the big race and 40 of them prepared to go out on the racetrack kicking things off today, Friday. January 3rd, yes, we are that close to the start of a new year with a lot of new cars. But before they get to go out on track, everyone has to, well, come do media day activities, which means that they are my victims for the taking. So let's start things off this year with the guy who hasn't done very many Rolex 24s before, Nicholas Manassian. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. The LMP2 field this year looks very healthy when you see names like Nico Lapierre and then Nicola Manassian on the entry list. It makes you realize how important this race really is. Nicola, what is it that brings you here? Is it simply that you want the watch? The watch is is not the biggest things for me in here. You know, the most important thing is to uh, is to race on a track that has got a massive history, mm. to do a twenty four hour race and to have um, um, a great adventure. Because all those races, you're not on your own. You're sharing the car with your teammate. You've got a big crew behind you, so it's not about you. It's about the whole team, and and that's what. Uh, I'm not big on just a watch or a, or a trophy. Mm. I keep the memory of a good result, which I want to have. But uh, at the end of the day, is uh, the passion that brings me here. It must be hard to know coming in, you're the platinum. You're expected to be the fastest driver in the car. Mm -hmm. But it's not how fast you can be. It's how fast your slowest driver can be. So how do you come into a new team and help your bronze be fast? That is, is a little bit uh, part of the of the whole the whole uh, challenge we have uh, in in this category, which is a very good thing. Imsa did, you know, to bring a bronze driver in the, in the, in this category because you know that's what make it happen. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you can hide from it. But um, is like you say, it's not about the pure speed. It's about uh, consistency in the race to be a good average. Mm -hmm. And as well to bring everybody in the team, which will be uh, Dwight, Ryan or Kyle, mm -hmm. to bring them all together and to all have um, the healthiest uh, lineup as possible. At the end of the day, is a, a race that um, there's a lot of strategy involved. Uh, if we all pull together, I think we, uh, we, have, uh, we always have a chance. You know, Racing in America gives you the opportunity to have a chance. So let's grab that and, uh, and do the best with what we have. So this this race, it's a reward for you, getting to put the team managed duties aside and come back and drive a race car. Is a you know, I've, you arrive at a certain age. Mm -hmm. I've, I've raced a long time, 
and uh, but I will never ever say the words I'm retiring from retiring from racing because I think he's a uh, is not something I ever want to say. I think retirement for me will be when I'm not on this earth anymore. So I'll be racing car all my life. It's just that uh, at a certain age, they, uh, lots of teams want to take young guys, and it's understandable. Uh, so I have uh, decided to go into something I really love, is uh, management, uh, being a sporting director with teams, and organizing events as well. So I am enjoying that part as well. But to keep... Uh, racing as much as I can as well along the way so this is a bonus yeah and is uh, is 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 or can you say no to something like this you know you're racing at Daytona with a great friend a great team that is put a lot of effort into uh, into being uh, um, as as a professional as he can be and uh, and is I'm part of the of the adventure as someone who with Edexport you see the numbers you're mm. in charge of everything pretty much over there do you drive the car here any different because you think oh i should not hit that curb because that will cost four hundred dollars for a new rim uh, i i drive all the time i go in the car I just change I'm, I'm, I'm a racing driver and i just want to perform mm. so i'm not gonna anyway you, you're doing endurance racing is to don't damage the car so i'm i'm gonna do what i did all my life and uh, try to be as fast as I can without crushing it. So what is the point of this weekend then for Aero Motorsport? To learn the car? To learn each other? I think there is a very good core of people in the team. Uh, if you look at the people there in there, they all know the car. They've all worked in, uh, in some of the biggest races there is like Le Mans or Sebring or Daytona. So it's about gelling everybody together. Um, this this weekend is uh, is we've already got uh, some good setup, some good you know we we're well prepared, huh? but it's about holding it very well, uh, pit stop strategy, uh, get the numbers right, uh, fuel consumption, um, driving time, um, and get like uh, the 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 feel good of when you go in a car, you not stress because you have the setup that suits everyone and. Uh, after everything else, I think it will gel very well. Um, no stress. I think little bit by little bit, there is still a few weeks to go. Here is to test everything. I think everything is pretty new in the team in, in terms of materials, um, which is pit equipment and everything. So we're going to bed it all in, and then after we will be all right. But the experience is there. Enjoy this weekend. Enjoy this weekend with your daughter. Thank you. Good Thank luck. Thank you very much. Thanks. Staying in the vein of the LMP2 category, before we get to the fun questions, because everyone loves those, Colin Brown, different experience for you this year at Daytona, namely a no John Bennett name on the car next year's. What's it like seeing a race car and not seeing his name? Yeah, it's definitely different for sure. I mean, I've driven with John for, you know, the last eight years. And so, um, you know, definitely different, but I'm excited. I think the Dragon Speed guys are going to do great. They're obviously a proven team in Europe and, and also in the U.S. And so, um, you know, definitely different. But, um, you know, John still, we, we flew down together this morning. So it's, you know, we're still, uh, we still stay in touch for sure. He still has the responsibilities with the Porsche GT team, so he'll be in the paddock as well. Uh, you'll be invited in their trailer, I'm assuming? <laughs> I'm sure I will be, and uh, you know, I'm sure he'll be invited in the Dragon Speed one. So it's always fun. You know, John and I obviously have uh, become really good friends both on the track and off the track. And so um, you know, he has an interesting perspective on a lot of things. He's obviously really experienced in the sport and, and you know, at the same time kind of has that team owner um, 
you know, respect and, and vision too. And so blend those two things together. He's a pretty cool and, you know, influential and, and, you know, good guy to bounce things off of for sure. You've been in IMSA a long time, so we can ask you about last year. What was your best race of 2019? Ah, my best race of 2019 probably was in mid-Ohio, actually, yeah. where, um, you know, we didn't particularly finish super well, but my personal best race, I think, was mid-Ohio. Um, you know, it's just a really good race. Uh, I, I felt like I did a really good job in the car. Um, you know, unfortunately, it didn't really result in anything. We, I don't think we had any, any cautions and never got caught back up, but, um, you know, just had a really good, solid, strong race, really good in traffic, and the team executed well. It's just, you know, one of those deals where we never got a yellow to get back in the, in the mix, but, um, you know, we drove and, and passed the leader on track and got a gap to them. I mean, we just kind of did those things that, you know, no one who watched on TV got to see, but people that really knew kind of saw. And so uh, for me, that was my best race for sure. Is that the one that you'd want another go at, the one you want back? Or is there another one that you can think of? Um, you know, I would love to go again at Mossport, obviously. You know, that's one of my favorite places. We obviously snatched the pole there, which was great. Um, the race didn't quite go the way we needed it to with the cautions. And so I'd love to re-rack and go again at Mossport. And I think if the cautions fell a little bit differently, I think we would have had a chance to win that race. And, um, you know, last year got to the end of it and didn't have much time left and just started making some big moves. And, um, you know, it was going to be one of those, either it's going to work or it's not. And unfortunately it didn't. And so that was that. But uh, love Mossport. So fun. So that's the one I'd love to go and have a re-shot at. What is the best pass that you have ever made on track? Because race car drivers can remember every person who's pushed them off at every point in time. What's the best move you've made? That's tough. Man, there's been a lot of them, um, passes that I've made. So it's tough to remember back to all of them. But I think for me, kind of two stick out. I would say in my NASCAR days when I was in uh, in the truck series racing, um, past Kyle Busch with like 15 laps to go in Michigan to go on to win my first truck race so that was pretty cool that was a special one and then I think you know I made it's going to be a series of passes but when I was racing go-karts we had the Grand National kind of biggest race of the country we had a problem in qualifying and so we started I think 16th or 17th in that race and those go-kart races are 10 lap races and so I went from 16th and one in a 10 lap race against all the best guys so that was, um, you know, one that sticks out that no one will ever remember. But for me personally, that was just super cool to be, you know, 12 years old, kind of banging your way up through the field and to then win the race was pretty special. So that one sticks out. And then, you know, 2018, obviously, to get our first P2 win, passing the 10 car, um, you know, around the outside of, of uh, kind of this last fast corner in Mossport was, um, was a memorable one, too. So who knows? They're all fun, though. You've driven a lot of eclectic cars because you've, you've been in NASCAR, you've been in sports cars for such a long time now. What is the one race car that you've always wanted to drive that you've never gotten the opportunity to drive? You know, I would say I've driven, as you said, you know, all kinds of NASCAR stuff, all kinds of sports cars. Um, I've even driven some historic Indy cars, never really a current Indy car, but historic stuff. I'd love to drive uh, either obviously a current or historic formula one car i've never ever you know driven uh, an f1 car of any type and so that's kind of like the only thing i haven't driven i mean i've even driven you know rally cars and global rallycross cars and all that stuff but i've never driven a formula one car at all so um you know some kind of formula one car would be pretty cool you know that's pretty good because you're a team owner this weekend happens to own some so maybe just you know talk to ellen a little bit and uh, just mention that um every driver gets excited coming to a racetrack but what's your favorite part on the schedule of any race weekend 
I think my favorite part on the schedule, we just talked about it doing some TV interviews, is probably the 30 minutes or so before the start of the race, before the start of any of these races, because all of the hard work is done. What's going to happen is going to happen. If you didn't do something, you're not going to do it in the last 20 or 30 minutes. You know, it's kind of just that calm before the storm, and it's almost like the calmest and less stressful, least stressful part of the weekend because all of your commitments are done, and it's just kind of like, hey, you know, relax, and we know what's going to happen. The green flag's going to go, and we're going to race, and it's, you know, we're as prepared as we're ever going to be. And so um, I think that's kind of my favorite part. I like that because that's, that's fair. That's acknowledging the crew's work too, not just a driver. You're not just getting in and seeing a green flag and going. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think it's just, you know, we all work so hard. We might test at a track, and then we have all the practice and qualifying and all the pre-race prep work for the mechanics and on the engineering side, all the strategy meetings and all those kind of things. And, like, all that's done, and everyone's just kind of in this, you know, state of, of waiting for 20 or 30 minutes and, and uh that's you know kind of a unique time a lot of people are like well i'll come and see you you know and come to the race and hang out and i'm like hey the best time to see me is like 30 minutes before the start of the race because i have nothing going on the friday is really busy we got practice and qualifying and all these meetings and autograph sessions and all these things but 30 minutes before the start of the race is like i'm on easy street so what one company would you want to sponsor you because you already use their products every day in life and it would be great to get them for free (laughs) i would say uh, I mean, there's quite a few, but I would say the easy one for me would be like specialized bikes, you know, because I, I do a lot of mountain biking and road biking and I'm always like, oh, I would get that bike. Oh, I would get this. I would do that. I would do this. And so for me, I think that would be the, the best one, especially because the bikes can get so expensive so quickly. So free bikes would be pretty nice. You've got one of the brightest helmets in all the paddock, one of the most notable liveries on it. How did the design of your helmet come about? Yeah, so the design of my helmet was kind of a culmination of a couple different people's helmets. Um, so when I was a little kid growing up, my dad was working for this team Scandia, and one of their drivers was Fermin Velez, mm-hmm. and he always had kind of this iconic uh, yellow and red on his helmets. My dad always had just like stark black helmets when he was a younger guy driving in SCCA and stuff. So, and I always liked like the color blue and and green, and so I kind of just took all those you know, colors and put them together. And then uh, on the side of my helmet, it's gotten a bit more subtle over the years, but the colors kind of go in the, in the shape of a C for mm-hmm. obviously for Colin. So, you know, all those kind of colors just blended together and it's evolved over the years, but um, you know, it's kind of neat and the, and the colors have kind of changed a little bit, but it's still those same basic colors. And so um, yeah, kind of a neat backstory to it for sure. And then you've almost got like a holographic Texas livery on it, too, that stands out. So home. Yeah, exactly. For me, I mean, being from Texas, I think, you know, I I can say this because I am from Texas, but I don't think there's many states where people are from that they're more proud of being from Texas than Texas. And so I thought only fitting to put a, you know, kind of the outline of Texas on the on the back of it. You already have a watch, but uh, need a new one, don't you? I think we all do. Right. That's why we're here. In 2019, I asked Frank Van de Zanda if he wanted to win any race on the calendar, which one would he pick? You said Daytona. So let's do it again, except let's take Daytona out of it. You're going to win one race this year. Which one is it going to be? Obviously Sebring. I mean, I won Daytona, I won Petit Le Mans, so it's time to win Sebring now. I've been there second a few times, so uh, yeah, I'm up for that one. Cool, so now we put it out there. Now you'll win Sebring, so congratulations uh, early in advance for March. (laughs) What, in terms of your relationship with this car, what's the biggest compromise that you have to do with the Cadillac that your co-drivers, they perhaps don't like the car one way and you do? 
I think um, I think Jordan um, and I had had a drive style which is kind of similar, but at the same time we we uh, we needed something else from the car. And I think um, the guys I'm racing with now are really Formula car guys, educated. So Ryan is in Formula Three. A few years later, I was in Formula Three. I was racing against Camus in Formula Three. So we we all got the same kind of um, education in in motorsport, how to drive a race car. So at the first test already with Ryan, I saw directly, like, wow, this is really really similar in the way we do it. So that's interesting. That's going to be very cool, yeah, and especially yeah, so. since he's someone you've raced against on track the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you find yourself giving him a little more space on track when you were coming to lap him in the last few races when you knew, well, maybe he's going to be my teammate? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I want to show him my aggression. <laughs> no, I think I think at the end he, um, you know, um, I think Ryan is, uh, has done in GTLM always a good job where, you know, some drivers it's really hard to overtake and they really make it bad for both of us, even for themselves. And I think Ryan was one of the smarter ones. So that's nice to have him in the, in the team. And I think the teams also see that. So that's why I think he's also here. You got the watch last year, but what was your best race of the year? Not necessarily one that you won. Um, let me see. It's a good question. Um, I think uh, Watkins Glen, I was really on top of my, my game. I think the qualifying was something uh, like a really, really good lap. There was nothing else to, to gain there. It was a couple of tenths ahead of the, the other Cadillacs. Legs, and uh, I think I think, I think that was one of the better ones. But um, at the same time, I was very sad in a way that because of BOP in this category, we were struggling to get the most, you know, the best results out of the car. And um, sometimes we were fighting for sixth or seventh or eighth or fifth position and then you were best of the rest if you finished fifth so at the end that's uh, that's not what, not what we come from and I think the series um, understand that and they, they want to do something about it so that's good to know and um, so hopefully also you know there was a, there's a lot of uh, there was a lot of talking about new drivers and so on and even my name was in there to be compromised in the, in the, in the driver's lineup but um, I think part of that is that sometimes you do a fantastic race and you're your sixth or seventh is it, what is the problem is it the drivers is it the car or is it just BOP so I think it's a time to set that right and um, make sure that um, that we all understand what it's about but happy to be here and I think I should be here so uh, ready to go racing yeah you should be here you got the pole position a couple of years ago and yeah. you got the watch last year so you've proven that Daytona is a good one for you in terms of 2019 what's one race that you would want to do again because you think you could win uh, Sebring, yeah. yeah, yeah, I really want to win Sebring. That's uh, that's one on high on my list, and I think, I think we've been close two times, um, and um, it's a race where if you're clever and playing it smart, you can win that race. So we've got the team to do it, we've got the teammates to do it. So let's go for it. I love it. Your enthusiasm for that race—it's palpable. Um, in terms of race cars, you've gotten to drive so many cool, different kinds of cars. What's one car that you've never gotten to drive that you would pretty much cut a limb off for the opportunity? Mm-hmm. I think the Indy car looks very cool. Yeah. I think it looks very cool. I think it's the nice thing about it is still very physical. There's no power steering in that car, so it must be really hard to drive. And I like that challenge already. At the same time, I think with the tires that they have, you know, the high grip tires, that's something cool. Um, I like the series also. It's something where if you play it smart, you, you can win races, like fuel saving and all that. So um, that's something th- that car would love to get a go in. 
Well, you, you know someone who drives an Indy car, so you know, just do a car swap with Scott one weekend. Yeah, we, I swapped already my car, so exactly. now it's him, his turn, right? <laughs> He's got to pay up. When you get the track schedule and you look at it and you think, okay, I've got qualifying, I've got practice one, what's your favorite part of any race weekend? You know, for me, they can skip all the practice. They can even skip qualifying and go straight into racing. I, I really like the racing part of what we do. And especially the last, you know, the deciding last hour of the race is always special, especially here in Daytona, Sebring, those kind of, you know, high high uh, stake battles you know everything at stake we, 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 we're here for a whole month and at the end um, it comes down to the last one or two hours so that's that's when when I am very excited what company would you want on the side of your race car because you already use their products all the time and it would be great to get them for free Whew. Waffle House? Sure. <laughs> no, I never eat at Waffle House. Only once a year when we do well in Sebring, in uh, Petit Le Mans. But uh, no, I think I think at the end, um, um, I think any there's some cool brands out there for sure. And I think, it's um, a hard one, you know. But um, you love your bikes. Would yeah, it maybe true. be a yeah, cycling company? A cycling company on a race car? <laughs> Why not? I would sign up for it. Yeah. Do you have a new favorite person to battle against after the last season? Has it changed at all? No, I think the, there's quite a few guys out there still who are uh, good. I think Dan Cameron is one where you know he's going to touch you, um, but he's not—he's never breaking his car. So I think he's a guy where he knows exactly what to do and how to race hard. And I think every time I raced with him, I was like, wow, this was on the limit, but it was fair and it was good and it was, it was strong. So he's a guy I like to race with for sure. If you were not allowed to work in racing anymore or work with cars, what would you do? If I'm not allowed to work within the racing environment yeah. at all. So I no think. insurance company for you, <laughs> no racing. I think I'll, I'll start biking for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you could try to become a pro when I'm 40, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> good luck this year, Ranger, and good luck at Sebring. Thank you very much. <laughs> there are two cars in the field total where every driver in the lineup has won the 24 Hours of Daytona. One of them is the number 10, the Connick Minolta Cadillac. So, Ryan Briscoe, you're taking up a pilot seat in this full season coming in. What's it been like blending in with the family? Um, yeah, good. I mean, uh, you know, I think I, I have quite a long past with Wayne Taylor Racing, you know, in and out and uh, never full-time, though. Um, but, you know, I sort of know everyone on the team, which has been really nice for the transition uh we did we did a test a couple of weeks ago at sebring and uh spent you know three days down there two days driving um one day just doing seat fit um and then and then just getting comfortable with the car practicing driver changes already and stuff ringer was showing me the technique that they use uh for driver change um but yeah i mean you know the transition is still very early in in its phase um I wish we could just go testing, you know, every day. <laughs> but um, but no, I, I felt really good at the test. Felt comfortable in the car. Felt fast in the car. Um, it felt great to be back in a prototype. In terms of perspective, how different is it from the driver's vantage compared to the Ford GT, which has been your home for the last four years? When you're looking out the windshield, can you see a lot less? Are you higher, lower? What's the feeling? Uh, the visibility is actually better in the, in the Cadillac. Wow. Yeah, so um, I was surprised because yeah. I thought, man, it's going to be take some getting used to being in such a small sort of cockpit. But no, I mean, the seat position is really good. Um, the window is actually very 
big inside. Um, so you got good visibility out the side and out the front. Um, yeah, much uh, better than in the Ford. So, um, no, that felt great. Um, yeah, for, for sure, for me, the first time in a prototype with a roof. Um, and I just feel like from, you know, the prototypes that I'd driven in, in the past, you know, it's just upgrades all around. I mean, it's, it, the DPI really is just a beautiful car. The engine felt great. The handling felt really nice. Um, so, yeah, I was really impressed. Jumping back to 2019, you had some really great races. You got the two wins back to back. But what was your best race of the season? Uh, Petit Le Mans. Yeah. Yeah. So close. Um, I mean, it was just. I think we executed such a good race, which, which was awesome. Being our last race, you know, together as a team, um, I think we just did everything right, and Ferrari just had more speed than us. Um, unfortunately. We were hoping, you know, they'd screw up somewhere along the way, and they and they just didn't. They did a good job, but we ran we ran a strong race. I mean, it was absolutely faultless every aspect of it. You know, um, so I was I was really proud of the way we finished. So, if Petit Le Mans was a perfect race on your guys' aspect, what's a race that you want back from last year to try again because there is room for improvement? Oh man, um, I mean. A race you want back, um, Sebring, yeah. uh, because we led basically the whole race, and uh, Porsche got in front of us. You know, in the final stage, we were convinced they were going to run out of fuel. It sounds like they weren't going to run out of fuel actually. Um, but then, with the late yellow, we got caught up in in GTD traffic and ended up fifth. Um, so that was a massive disappointment um, for sure. We we wanted back one we wanted back what's the best pass you have ever made on track oh well i don't know um you're a race car driver you can remember every pass you've yeah. made that was brilliant and every time someone's pushed you off the track yeah i mean it's it's usually one for the win i'm it's, i'm drawing a blank right now though um i can come back to that one if it yeah. makes you feel better um what is one car that you have always wanted to race and never have Ah, uh, the DPI, yeah, for sure. I mean, I've been watching him lap me for the last four years a million times, and, and I've always been, I want to drive one of those cars. So, um, yeah, for sure, this. I mean, you know, also like LMP1. I never, I never drove an LMP1, and and those just look phenomenal. Um, yeah, so probably those. I think otherwise, I've I've driven most. Yeah. <laughs> I've been lucky to do that, yeah. When you get the track schedule and you look at it, what's the part that you get most excited about every weekend? Um, I, I just think, you know, the IMSA schedule, we, we hit almost every iconic, you know, road track in the U.S., um, and that's, for me, what's most exciting. Um, you know, from Daytona to Sebring, Long Beach, um, Mid-Ohio, I mean, you got all these fantastic tracks Watkins Glen, Road America, Laguna Seca. Yeah. I mean, you just there are all these tracks that that are just in, are in storybooks from from the past, and we get to race there in a single season at all these great tracks, and that's really special. You've had a helmet livery that's changed a little bit over the years. It, it changed last year because of throwback colors and whatnot. Yeah. But what's the story of the design of your helmet? Um, the story actually is that um, when I started racing go karts. I wanted to come up with a helmet design, and I'd look through the 
carting magazines and I basically copied um, another driver's helmet. Um, her name was Sophie Kumpen, a uh, Dutch driver. And um, the top was different. Hers had, I think, pink sort of squiggly. And I went with um, red, like, cubes on the top, which is what Schumacher had. Um, but the design was basically hers. And then over the years, I've just more or less kept the design. Um, I incorporated a kangaroo into the side and the Australian flag. And I've just sort of changed the colours um, depending on, you know, the, the car liveries basically over the years. That's very cool. Yeah, and I know you were yeah. just home over Christmas break too, so it's yeah. got to feel good to After get to Christmas. go back there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, uh, when you find out about a new sponsor, it's always an exciting thing. But if you could pick any sponsor, any company, because you already use the product and then you would love to get it for free, what would you choose? Oh, uh, I don't know. I was, you know, just... I just bought a Burton uh, snowboard, nice. so I'd love I'd love to have a sponsorship from Burton. <laughs> that would be cool. um, but you know, Scott's right. He's got Oakley, which is pretty awesome, and uh, all the sporting products from from Oakley. But um, yeah, any sort of I guess sporting products are, are always fun for an athlete. Yeah. Yeah. And last question: If I told you you could no longer work in racing or anything to do with cars, what would you do? Um. I feel like I'd like to own a like a gymnasium yeah. or something. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. It's always sort of been on an idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but you know, I haven't had to do anything, but which has been nice. But yeah, probably something like that. Oh, long may yeah. that continue. Yeah. Good luck this year, Thanks. Ryan. Welcome back to IMSA competition, Madison Snow. It's hard having sat out for a year, but you come back and the team just welcomes you back home like you haven't even been away. Do you feel like 2019 almost didn't even happen? I mean, it's easy to feel like I, I mean, yeah, like 2019 didn't happen for me because I was home and I was busy and I had a lot of things going on. So now I come back and the team's more than welcoming. So it's like I'm stepping right back into where I walked away from after Petit last year, I say last year, two years ago. See, exactly. It's force of habit. It just feels like it was only a couple months ago. You come back in, same driver lineup that you had here two years ago. You've got Corey back for the endurance races, Brian back for the full season. What has changed within the team other than those round black things on the car? Uh, We changed livery on the car. Yeah. And we did get a new Lamborghini Huracan. It's the new updated version they ran it last year so this will be the second year we've ran it the first year all will have ran it and as far as i know there's not much different did you notice many changes in the car when you ran at the encore i think the car changes comes down to like the crew and the mechanics and the engineer and the driver setting it up so when i first drove the car i did a test in italy and the car seemed a lot different you know that was two years ago but I think a lot of that difference was in how the car was set up. And when I came back for the Encore, the car felt quite the same. But I think that's because when you have the same drivers and the same engineers setting it, setting it up, everybody knows what they want. And they try and go back for the same thing. I mean, you can always make it better. But I think people, you know, hone in on the areas that they, they want the car to feel like. In terms of setup as well, you and Brian have driven together for so many years now that you know what each other likes, but what's the biggest compromise you have to do on a car setup with him? 
Uh, compromises on car setup. Brian is always one to go for conserving the rear tire. And not that that is a compromise by me, but he always pushes for that harder than anybody I've driven with, which when it comes down to it, it is great. It is exactly what I want. He just fights for, he's always fighting for saving the rear tire so it'll be good in the race. And I can come out of practice and say, yeah, the car drove good, it handled good. And he's like, yeah, it did, but we still need to work on this. So not that it's a compromise, but he definitely fights for having a good car at the end of the stint, at the end of the race. Since you only did one race in 2019, I'm not going to ask you about that season, so we'll go back to your championship winning season, because we didn't really get to pay that full tribute at the time. Thinking back to what is now two years ago, what was your best race of that season? My best race of 2018? I think the happiest race would have been Sebring. Uh, me, Brian, and Corey won Sebring. So that was a spectacular moment and a spectacular race and one that I'll always remember. Not that we had any bad races, but that's just one that, that has a lot of emotion behind it and was a really spe- yeah, a really cool race for us. And, I mean, just thinking about it, Lime Rock, that one too, where you got to finish the stint, finish the race, bring it to the checkered flag, that's got to be pretty cool too. That is. I had completely forgot about that at Lime Rock. I remember doing that. It was the first time, you know, finishing an IMSA race where I drove and we won the race. So that was a spectacular thing. I wish I could get the opportunity to do that again this year, but the rules sort of prevent that. I believe the qualifying driver has to be a silver or the silver has to st- Yeah. Either way, it makes it let's say very difficult and not really going to happen to have a silver driver like me finish any of the races this year strategy can make that happen i mean you've got lars on the pit box so there is possibility if cautions fall at the right time and it's not out of the question it's just more difficult like you said yeah it's exactly it's more difficult and like the endurance races it doesn't change a whole lot because you cycle through so quickly and you have time to figure out who you want to finish but for the sprint races 245 or like long beach and detroit like the shorter ones there's a lot less time to change strategy and one of the things is yes you know i could start the race but i could go in i could finish the race but this adds one extra driver change and i mean i love doing driver changes with brian and we've always been good at them but it's one extra area where you could mess up or you could make a mistake or, you know, something small could go wrong. You could not plug your radio in and not have a radio, you know. So it's always better to minimize the chance, the opportunities to make a mistake. What's one race car, and we can talk about any car from any time, that you've wanted to drive but you've never had the opportunity to race? Back in the day, it used to be the Audi GT3 car. Um, I guess that was because I was in like a Porsche Cup car then, and you look at that car, and it has all the downforce and wide fenders, and it looks like a spectacular car. And now I'm practically in that car. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, now I'm so used to, you know, I'm used to the Lamborghini, and so I don't think the Audis or the Porsches at this point are any different. But I think back when I was, you know, running Cup cars, going to a GT3, an actual GT3 car, would be a huge difference and i mean it is i've I made that jump and it is a, a lot different having um aero and downforce and i guess now tc and abs back then those cars didn't have it but now they do when you look at a schedule and you see what you have to do on any given track weekend what's your favorite part 
the time that makes you happiest on any race weekend? I have to say, I usually don't look at a schedule. I just hang out with Brian and let Brian uh, pull me around and tell me what's going on and what time we need to show up to the track in the morning and what time we're leaving. But maybe that's my, I mean, between being with him and being with the crew, that's the funnest part of, you know, the track for me. So just, I mean, when I'm at the track and I have time to hang out with the crew and help them and, you know, get our car set up and get it better for the race, that's the fun stuff. What is some random company that you desperately wish would sponsor your race car just so you could get free swag from them? I can't think of anything. Too many options out there. We had so many throwback liveries last year, like Coca-Cola on the Porsches, and it, it just triggered that sort of thought. I can come back to it if you want. Yeah, I can't. I mean, in the past, I had ideas of stuff that I used and wanted, but now nothing pops to mind. Maybe ask me after the weekend and see what I use. <laughs> Good point. Um, who is your favorite person to battle against in class on track? Well, since I've been out for a year, I don't know who I'm going to get to battle against, or I guess the people that I will get to battle against this year are definitely different than in the past. Um, but I would say um, Catherine. Catherine, like, she's a lot of fun to battle with, tough, fierce. We were in the car quite a bit before. And I have to say that I enjoyed the battle because we won the championship. Now, it was always a good battle, but it's always easier to enjoy something when you end up on top but you know what made her the best to battle with is when we started the year off 2018 not that we thought that we'd have an easy year but we thought that we were going to do good and we did not think it was going to be as tough as it was and that's because Catherine was always there you know fighting us and making us be the best that we could so that's why I like fighting her you know she made me yeah perform at my best every time I was in the car equal mercenary with Kat this year so uh, good luck out there on track against her yeah should be fun to you know get to battle her and all the other drivers out there it's been a couple of years for Frederick McViecki but you're back full season U.S. you've had a very good run here the last couple of years though between Petit Le Mans two Sebring wins how excited are you for this 2020 campaign I mean uh, you know USA is a really intense intense championship you know you First, you have chance to have three of the biggest endurance race of the world in the championship, which is not common. And, uh, you know, it's uh, also the fight in GTLM is always fantastic. Uh, since several years, I just taste the endurance race, which is already mega. But now I will get the chance in the full championship to also have a look in the sprint races where it's always quite uh, between strategy, between also uh, the way to get the win here. You need to, to be on it and uh, to sometimes to be a little bit rough. But uh, looking forward, I think I have probably the strongest teammate you can have it here. And that's why I can't wait to be there. Yeah, Nick, last year, in terms of the average fastest lap times in GTLM, he was the fastest in the class. So he's you've got a very good teammate on your side for sure. But you've also shared a car here with Earl Bamber. So it's going to be funny driving against an old teammate with a teammate. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, the most important, we are all here to drive for Porsche. Uh, what is really cool, we have a really good atmosphere between all of us. And uh, we spend quite a lot of time here. Uh, for my first year when I was with her, I did not 
get the chance to spend enough time here in USA with my teammate and I really want this year to, to enjoy because it's a fantastic pleasure to, uh, to also have the chance to be in different parts of USA. I really want to enjoy the moment and, uh, and then uh, be ready when I need to, to put the helmet and go on racing because uh, uh, we are here for a win. Uh, we come as uh, uh, champ- um, how do you call that? champion uh, from last year for the manufacturer and uh, for driver we tried to give it back uh, for the 9-11 that would be certainly a good goal have to take it back from the other boys you've raced every calendar every race on the calendar except mid-Ohio so which is the race that you're looking forward to going back to the most I mean in general uh, one of my favorite track well, there, there is several because if you have a look to be honest uh, USA keep really pure the racing and pure racetrack which is uh, please keep it like that because at the end, uh, you know, it's why also we love racing. You know, to drive on the parking is not really interesting, and uh, and to be honest, uh, this is really the key here where you 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 are excited when you are on a racetrack. And I would say, Sebring for me is something fantastic. Also, we got the chance to win, but also before that, I really love this track. Uh, I really love Virginia, which yeah. is uh, if you have a look, really typical. You know, with, with the grass, if you go slightly outside and you have no margin, and uh, the track is uh, is fantastic. Uh, and most sport, yes. it's not in USA, it's in Canada. But I at the end, it. it's uh, you know when you go to the three track, you say uh, you need to be uh, there and you need to be brave and to do the job, which is really cool. It's going to be a fun year for you sharing with Nick Tandy in the new car. How much fun has it been to test the new car in the U.S. to try and perfect it over here? Uh, I mean, from one side, I know well the new car because I did the full development for Porsche. Uh, but side to this, I did not do many. I did not do any tests uh, except Sebring here in USA with the car because uh, first we started to, to test uh, all around the world but not uh, so much in USA mm. uh, that's why uh, would be interesting I think uh, we have quite a good knowledge about the car about tire mm. uh, with the car that's why I, I trust what done Porsche and we can see also the result in WEC there uh, but uh, USA requests different uh, kind of uh, strongness and mm. uh, we will see how uh, it behaves here uh, I mean I have a good feeling after, uh, for sure, uh, uh, I mean, everything can happen, but uh, the most important is to stay focused. I think the team show the, the last couple of years, I mean, uh, when there is some hard moment, it's where you can see uh, how strong is the team, and uh, I will trust the people for who I work. What did you learn looking back on what happened here last year that will help you and Nick win the championship instead of Bam Thor over there? I mean, you can see that the consistency through the season is something really important. And uh, and what is really important is when you get the chance to win, you must to win, you know. And to don't, you have some money time where you must to score point. Uh, and it's where you create the gap. If you can see, uh, the nine twelve got two three races in a row with a very strong result. It's where they create a gap. And at the end, I would say. Everything is possible, but when you have some margin, because in a championship always made with a point, it's difficult to create a small gap. Mm. And when you have that, after, if you are clever, it gives you the opportunity when you, for any reason, uh, you miss speed this weekend or you, um, you you struggle with strategy. I mean, you don't need to be overstressed because from that you can score good point and don't, don't losing too much from the championship. That's why it requires to the others to take risk. And you, if you are safe, sometimes it's where you get also results. That's why at the end it's to get two, three 
or four as much as possible I would say but yeah. uh, two, th uh, two three good races in a row is a really podium and from that after you can create a gap your helmet has looked almost the same the whole time that I've known you've been racing what is the story behind the pattern and the design and the colors uh, I mean uh, this design I got it in 95 wow. uh, which uh, uh, and I came back that's why it's, it's written 9517 huh. because uh, this is my original design and uh, The, I wanted something with from a little bit far but uh, it's still the blue and the silver and red I would say it's not too far from French flag yeah. and uh, uh, I love this, uh, this this frame and this square uh, it became old style and I'm a little bit old driver uh, and the only thing I added is not on that one uh, because on the new one which come is on all my new helmet I have my son behind because uh, it's, uh, it's a draw I got from uh, Uh, 16 mm -hmm. uh, when he came in Mosport is uh, in my arm and uh, and we are together and uh, it's what will be on the new helmet that's beautiful yes. thank you Fred good thanks luck this year look forward to a lot of wins yeah <laughs> we will try I mean uh, it's uh, even if we are less car it's always a big challenge uh, GTLM I mean don't give it to you the chance to do a mistake and uh, let's see what we are able to achieve The Dream Team is back. Brian Sellers reunited with Madison Snow full season. You got Corey Lewis. It's like you guys just were never even apart, the three of you, though. How much have you been looking forward to this event, the Roar, the first official track action of 2020, with the crew back together? It's cool. I'm looking forward to driving. Unfortunately, Corey and Madison had to come along. But <laughs> it, uh, it's exciting. I mean, you... you It's so easy to get wrapped up in the stress and the pressure of the racing that, you know, you forget it's still for fun and you you should be having a good time. And when the three of us are together, we have a good time. And, you know, it just uh, it makes waking up in the morning and going to the races so much better, you know, it makes the traveling better. So um, not to mention the fact that we've been fortunate to have some results together, too. So that doesn't hurt. You know, getting on podiums is fun. So. You know, hopefully we're able to kind of start where we left off in 2018. You know, we won Sebring, um, podiumed in Watkins, podiumed at Petit. So, um, you know, it would be nice to kind of continue that run coming here. What was your best race last year, 2019? Laguna Seca was definitely our best race last year. Um, it was a pretty dominant race for us. I mean, we led a lot of sessions um led i think almost every lap except for maybe one in the race and won by a good margin so you know that was a race that was kind of like uh you know been a rough year you know and we needed something and it was a little bit of a statement race i think not not for anyone else but for us to say we're still here and we're still you know doing this and I think you know Corey and I had a couple races um, prior to that where we were strong and likely should have finished on a podium for sure three out of the last four and potentially four out of the last four races but we were had some self-inflicted wounds you know um, put Corey in some bad positions you know I can think of two specific situations where um, as a program we didn't do a good enough job um, you know I think VAR he 
qualified on pole and then we had a technical infraction which moved us to the back and Lime Rock I think he qualified third and was running third and we had an ABS failure you know Petit we were leading the race and had an unfortunate like caught out by a yellow flag and so take some of those things out and our second half of the season was was really good Um, so I think you know we have all the pieces still there it's kind of all in line we just got to make sure we execute again so which is the one race that you want back from last year the one race that you feel like you could fix um i mean to be honest I, it's not one there's a couple um i really think um, i think both Corey and i would like petite back pretty badly um because we we were super strong there i mean we were super strong um Sebring, I think you would also want back badly, um, and that was that was you know we had we just had some mechanical failures. It was a new car, the Evo car. We weren't prepared, and some things just caught us out. But we had a really good car, and we never got to show it. You know, I mean, um, we fixed the we fixed the issues, and Corey and I went out at the end of the race, and you know, like we were I don't know two hundred laps down. You know, whatever the number is, and so when you're in that position, you you don't obviously push too hard because you can't be the guy that crashes the car that far down but we were so fast still in that scenario not risking and you want that back you want that back so you can actually can push hard and see where you stack up because I think we would have been strong to the end I'm going to throw a question your way but I'm going to give you time to think about it so this isn't the one you have to answer now but the best pass you ever made so that's the one that you got to get the wheels turning. Mm. So in the meantime, beautiful new helmet sitting next to you. It's a different color scheme on it, but it's still the same basic design. What's the story of your helmet design? Uh, so my helmet design is just something that's that um, kind of started uh, a while back when I was in open wheel cars. And, and it's just, I don't know... There was no real kind of, to the design itself, no real reason. It just kind of, after iteration and iteration and iteration, that's where it ended up at and what I liked the best. The orange was something that's been a part of my career um, from the beginning because my dad told me the first time I got a helmet painted, he needed to do, um, I needed to do something that was bright that he could see on the other end of the track. So the orange is what stood because it was the brightest color we could find that wasn't completely obnoxious. And so that lasted through all of it. Uh, But then the colors have changed along the years and, and for the last few um, you know, the orange and black have been have been a strong part of my helmets. And this year I decided I wanted to do something, you know, just like a little bit more clean than what I've had before and just kind of go simple and do some white and orange and uh, keep laughing at Corey because I'm getting older. You know, it's time to slow things down a little bit. Um, what? <laughs> no. No, 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 it's fine. All right. You get your track schedule for the weekend, and Madison said earlier that he doesn't even look at the schedule. He just relies on you. What's your favorite part of a race weekend? Uh, I really like – actually, I really like the be- – I like the, there's, there's two phases to it. The race is obviously the best part of the, the weekend, but I think that's kind of a given. So beyond that, my favorite part is, is actually generally the first session of the weekend. Mm. Because um, I think it 
a lot of times uh, can kind of forecast what your race weekend is going to look like. And so I like um, I like it for two reasons. I like when you unload from the truck and the car is really good and you get this like sense of, okay, we're fine-tuning, we're going to kill it, and, you know, you feel strong. But I also kind of uh, can appreciate those moments where it's not that good and you have to really dig in as a program and kind of analyze everything and and find ways to make the car better um because i think that that's what shows like championship caliber you know it's 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 never easy but it's much easier to roll off the truck when the car is good and build on that than it is to roll off the truck and the car is bad and you have to find a way out of this hole that you're in what company would be your dream sponsor because you already use a lot of their product in real life and would like to get it for free. Oh, that's so cold. So cold. Clearly, I don't use it. My hair's gray. Um, oh, boy. Oh, I would... I, mm. It would probably be some sort of coffee now with the kids, uh, which is funny because, like, I never drank coffee before I had kids. Never. Couldn't drink it. Uh, And then now with two of them, I drink a lot of coffee. Can't actually have enough in the house. So it would either be that or Red Bull probably. (laughs) I like that. You're the first person to say coffee, and that's totally what I would go for. Ask Catherine Legg. Hers will definitely be coffee. Or Yeah, we'll let that go. Speaking of Cat, last year at the Roar, I asked you who your favorite person battle against the year before was. You said Cat. So for 2019, who was your favorite person to battle against in GTD? Uh, I. Th- it's funny. I mean, there's there's a few that you really that you really like to battle with. I mean, I really um, like Bill Oberlin. Is a he's a great guy to I mean he's a great guy to fight with because you know you sometimes you find yourself like how did he get away with that you know like I thought I kind of had him dead to rights how did he get away with that Uh, I like I like battling with uh, Hawksworth Mm -hmm. because he's hard-nosed he's a good he's a good fighter Um, uh, I'm happy to see Baltzom back because he's been one of my all-time favorites but you, you just have a lot of guys. Well, I mean, the reality is, is most of these guys are pretty fun to, to get out and fight with, you know. Like, Lally is good because he is um, a great defensive driver. You know, he's clever. And I like that. I like the guys. I like going up against the guys that are really smart, you know, that it's a constant game between all of you. Um, but always one of my favorite guys to battle will for sure be Alvaro. Yeah. Um, because he's, he's a guy that... If anyone's going to get it done, he will. So when you come out on top of those battles, you feel pretty good. We'll circle back around. What was the best pass you have ever made in your racing career? Maybe once where you got it over Alvaro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the best one, the best one for me is for sure um, Sebring in 2018, and it's likely less because the pass was something phenomenal, but more what you know what it awarded us in the end and you you think it's funny some of the best passes you ever make go unnoticed because they're kind of meaningless you know maybe it's coming through a field or getting you know one or two moves that you set up and people didn't expect it and you got it done but because it only went from eighth to seventh or seventh to sixth they, they get forgotten but the ones that make an impact are the ones that stand out so for me that that Sebring move is is probably the one at this stage that will go down 
is the best. Yeah, you just got to do a couple more of those this year. Yeah, yeah. I would like to like be far enough ahead that we don't have to do those. But if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. Day one of the Roar Before the 24 is coming to an end as the last few cars are out on track. It has been glorious weather today for all of our scouts camping out around the track. Tomorrow is the big scout day, but today it just gave them a little bit of a whetted appetite. In the first session that we had for IMSA, there were three red flag stoppages. The first of which was for the 44 GRT Magnus Lamborghini. That was because the rear air jack didn't go all the way back up and the driver realized on the back straight that something was scraping on the ground. So no harm, no foul for that car. Its sister car, the number 11 GRT Lamborghini, did have strife causing the second red flag of the session. And that car came back, not to the pit lane, but straight to the garages. We ended with a third red flag. To be honest, I didn't actually find out what that was for. So I'm gonna leave you all to wonder about who you're gonna hear from tomorrow do a little bit more investigating. Until then, I'm Shay Adam on behalf of IMSA Radio. We'll talk to you soon. This program is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.